0: Now It's back. All right, so that's just a nice picture of Saint Anthony's. That's an icon in the um, in the uh, in one of the ancient churches. So this is kind of an old type of style of iconography. Um, this is uh, this is it's kind of like a Byzantine look to it. But if you notice, Christ has there's a few interesting things. Uh, about it, and one of them is that Christ is holding up two fingers, which sometimes we erroneously think means um, two natures, but it just goes to show you that that's not what that means, and we can talk about that uh, another time one of these days. Oh, there you go. Um, it actually means that he's blessing with the tenth finger, uh, the yota, which is the tenth letter in the Greek alphabet, and also J is the tenth letter in the U.S. in, the, in, the, in our alphabet. Uh, and it's the name of Jesus. So he, he blesses with the name of Jesus. Okay, so this is the... We got there on the feast day of uh, Abuna Justus, who some of you may or may not know. Um, we actually spoke about him at the adult meeting before. Uh, Abuna Justus. Aba Justus is the bishop behind him, and he's uh, wearing Abuna Justus. So Abuna Justus is obviously the saint in the relics, and... and uh, no. I'll show you a picture in a second. Uh, that's Amba Justus. Let me finish. Let me finish. Uh Amba Justus is the bishop. <laughs> Everyone's interrupting. It's, it's new. M. Um, uh, Justus is the bishop, uh, and he named himself after Abuna Justus. Abuna Justus is the saint, and he is like the fool for Christ. So one of the nice things about Abuna Justus, and we've talked about him in the adult meeting before, he was one of these guys who was like a fool for Christ, and he didn't... Um, uh, really speak very much, and he's just very, very humble. He died in 1980-something, and we got there to be on his feast day where they put um, uh, spices on his relics. I was very lucky. I got to be inside. I'll show you some pictures. I did, yeah. Uh, And I got to help make the spices, and I helped to put them on the relics. I got to do all of it, so it was pretty cool. St. Anthony's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of what the scene looks like. I don't know if you guys want to move closer, you should. um, So you can see, you can see it's very chaotic. There's a lot of people, everybody's, um, you know, wants to touch the relics. Uh, There's, I have a picture where I, and I got to carry the relics and everyone's kind of hits you on the head and you kind of get beat up quite a bit as you're going. So they kind of went around the church three times. Um, And I wasn't carrying the relics, and on the third one, this uh, monk, who I didn't know, just pointed at me. He was carrying the relics himself, and he just pointed at me, and he said, you know, and I kind of went, me, and turned around, and he said, you know, come. And so, he gave me his, you know, his spot to to carry the relics on the third um, one. So, I was very, uh, very touched and uh, moved. It was uh, quite an amazing experience for me. That's the liturgy... Um, The compliments go to Bishoy Maawad, who's probably going to be listening to this podcast at some point. Uh, Beshoi, you're a a rock star. It's an inside joke. He'll get it. Okay. Uh, So that's the liturgy, and that's Abuna Lazarus. So he's very creative with his photography. So he's actually taking a picture of Abuna Lazarus through this peephole, and uh, it's, uh, it's a, that's a box that just holds relics, and so he just took a picture of him. Abuna Lazarus, some of you may or may not know, is an Australian monk. Um, he's an Australian man. He was a professor in Australia. He was an atheist, and then through a series of miraculous events, he became a Christian, and through another series of miraculous events, he became a monk in the Red Sea. So he's been a monk for about 25 years. He's also an anchorite. Um, An anchorite is uh, So he's, he's one of these guys that goes from place to place without going from place to place. So um, he's a very high, amazingly spiritual man. Um, and we got to spend some time with him um, uh, in the liturgy as well. That's, that's Abuna Justus, so that's just a mosaic of uh, Abuna Yustos. And that's Abuna praying, uh praying, uh, Abuna Lazarus, sorry, praying the liturgy. Um, I I, kind of don't want to share too many stories because I'm being recorded. I can tell you other stories later. But the priest that's over there on the side, um, you can see holding the candle, he's kind of got this look on his face. (laughs) A lot of funny stories. He's from Minya along with everybody else that was there. People from Minya are good people. Um, He's one of them. He's He's a priest, and during the service, he comes up to me, and it's the middle of the liturgy. He's like... Uh, you know, I'll say it in Arabic, and I said, no, he's like, why not? Are you a priest? I said, no, he's like, why not? And then, you know, we kind of got in this discussion, and I'm like, you know, I just don't know, blah, 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 he's like, why aren't you a priest? He starts yelling at me in the middle of the liturgy, and then he wants, uh, so I kind of used my wife as an excuse, I said, well, you know, I don't know if it's, um, my, my family's ready for this, and I, I've never met the man, right? And I, he goes, give me your wife, I'll call her, and I'm like, right now? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. He's like, yeah, he doesn't speak English. And I told him, I said, my wife's American. She doesn't speak Arabic. He goes, no, no, I'll, I'll talk to her. Give me the phone. Give me the phone. I'll talk. So he wanted to call my wife at 2 in the morning to tell her to make me a priest. This guy was uh, amazing. Um, Bishoy asked me to tell this story. So he did things, and we, don't, we can't really tell what his inten- intentions were, whether they were good intentions or satanic intentions. We don't know. But we know that he was interesting. So, like, for example, we'd start saying our father who art in heaven, in English, and we'd be about three or four lines into our father. And then he would start, and like, he would just cut us off in the middle and started in Arabic. And we're all kind of looking at him like, are you trying to make everyone angry? Are you trying to make chaos? Are you a saint who's just above it all? I, you don't hear us, you know? So anyway, he's, he's an interesting guy. Abuna A.P. had a theory, which is he's just trying to see if, how much he can push Abuna Lazarus. One thing I did notice is that, um, they, they, no, that's not important. So Abuna Lazarus is uh, an amazingly uh, holy man, but he's a human being, and when you get to meet him and you get to see him, you know that he's just a, a person and he has a temper and he's very impatient and he doesn't deal with Egyptians very well, and so he sits everybody down in the beginning and goes, okay, here's what we're going to do, and he wants order and no chaos and no you know, actions that are not smart. The exact right. So that's, uh, that's the relics of Abun Yostos before we started. Uh, that's my, uh, my trusty uh, friend here who took us everywhere. Uh, this is me mocking everybody else. You can see all the guys I'm with are up there. They're behind the gate, and I'm in front of the gate because I'm wearing black. So I was just like... I, I was standing there without anyone around me. He's they're in the crowd with all the people, and I just took a selfie. <laughs> so it's... And there I am again, um, just trying to piss him off. Okay. This is them making the uh, the, uh, the the hanout the, the the first the spices they took. They took spices first, and then they put uh, liquid in there, similar to what we do on Good Friday. Um, and I got a turn to everyone takes a turn to uh, put the liquid in and puts the spices in. Um, in fact, one of the bishops, one of the priests, oh, the, he's the he's the kind of the chunky guy. I can't really. That guy right there, you see him? Can you see the mouse? Yeah. Anyway, he's, he's uh, he, everyone, you know, everyone takes a turn. You can see there's a lot of monks and a lot of priests there. And there's one pot, right? So everyone takes a turn to pour a little bit in. <laughs> and everyone just takes a, a thing and then gives it to the next person. And it's very, you know, he took his turn and he just went, shh, you know, he made the sign of the cross and took his time. <laughs> and everyone's like, was like, halle So it's <laughs> kind of funny. Um, all right. And that's kind of what it looks like. Um, with a panorama view. You can just see there's just a lot, of, a lot of monks. A lot of monks came from different places to take the pictures, and back in the back there where all the people are, they're kind of uh, held out. Uh, that's me in the back of a pickup truck uh, with Bishoy, uh, Shnuda, and Abuna AP, and then that's a monk in the front, his Abuna Agathon. He's the one who designed this uh, church that I'm going to show you here in a little bit. <laughs> in the mic. Uh, Michael just said, it looks like she, I should be holding an AK-47 and screaming. Okay. Um, this, is the, this is the church inside, and so when they put the icon of the saints, instead of just drawing a bunch of... Uh, tw- like, so In this icon, usually there's... Uh, this is the icon of the Panto Krator, There's usually 24 priests uh, underneath here, but we've blown it up so it's bigger. Um, instead of just putting 24 elders randomly, they actually put in pictures of people that, we, that they know, right? So they're all different saints from St. Saint Anthony's Monastery. So uh, if you look carefully, you can see different uh, saints there, um, but I won't uh, go through all of them right now. Oh, that's the group. This is on the hike up. So St. Anthony's Cave is, so imagine the bottom and this is the top, and then in, right in the middle, not really the middle, but closer to the, in the middle, there's a church of St. Paul the Simple uh, so, St. Paul the Simple was St. Anthony's disciple, uh, and there's a, a spot in the middle where his, where his church is, and that's just us stopping uh, to take a breather there. Um, it's about 1,200, Micah counted 1,208 steps, I think, is the total. Um, so, we were all tired. Um, and that's where we pray the liturgy that I'll show you some pictures of a little later. And that's what it looks like going up to the cave. Um, so you can see the stairs behind us, uh, two monks actually put those stairs in as a labor of love. There w- didn't used to be any stairs there, so you used to climb it just by yourself. Yeah. And, um, and those two monks added th- these, uh, basically spent their lives putting in, pouring the concrete and putting in these stairs, and they just made it their, their thing. And actually, right after the stairs were completed, shortly after they, they both passed away. Very interesting. That's what it looks like at the very top, you can see the view is breathtaking. How St. Anthony found this cave is beyond me. Um, It's a little hole uh, in the mountain, uh, and so it's kind of an amazing uh, feat just to find it. Of course, nothing is coincidence. Uh, That's one of the girls, she lost her sunglasses. Um, That's the top of the, the, basically, one of the highest points in the monastery and sort of the view behind it, so you can see the, the Red Sea. And actually, if you look out carefully there, you can see the Red Sea behind us, so you can actually see the Red Sea from the monastery. Okay, so that's uh, me carrying the relics. Uh, so I just happened to be looking at him when he took that shot. This is what the church looks like of St. Paul the Simple at night. So we attended this liturgy at, at uh, basically from midnight. So it was really a nice day because we went up with a bun Ap, um, and we sat in the cave from like night. So you go up at night uh, without any light. So you, you do those 1200 steps just on moonlight. You don't wanna use your flashlight because it'll mess up your pupils. Um, so we go up, and then we just sat in this pitch-dark black cave, um, for like two hours, just kind of talking. We started with a little Bible verse, and then we just talked for, for two hours. Uh, it was really quite amazing. Then we came down for the liturgy, which started, starts at, started at midnight, and then uh, attended the liturgy with the, the people from Minya. Uh, that's a group of monks that we sat with. There's a couple other youth here from California that are in that uh, picture, one of the things that I was very impressed with with those particular monks is their open-mindedness. Um, and one of the things that I felt, uh, I actually texted Abunakrillos after this this day, just saying how much um, how amazing it is and how nice it was to hear such open-mindedness uh, among the monks. Like these these monks were, you know, very very spiritual and saying a lot of the things that I think Emba Sarapyun is saying, and some of the things that are just kind of this more open-minded, open-thinking, um, and, and far, more, far more spiritual than you would expect them to be. Um, and I actually asked them at one point why the dichotomy between, you know, uh, one of the sad things I saw when I was there is, is so many people in the churches um, allowing Islam to really guide their thinking on how to be Christians. So there's a lot of Islam in the church there, uh, especially among the people, a lot of rituals, a lot of things they do, a lot of the way they think about God is very Islamic. Um, And it causes a problem, right, because A, it's a problem, but B, you know, for them, when they see this, when they do Islamic things in the church and then they go outside, well, there's Islamic things at work and at school and everywhere else in your society. So it kind of blends in and you don't really notice it, you know, but I pointed out to them Uh, In our churches here, our youth are really struggling because they see these Islamic things happening in the church that don't make any sense, and then they go outside and no one else is doing these things, right? So I said, you know, to the degree you can notice how much Islam has entered the church, imagine how much we can notice it, right? Because we don't have the culture to reinforce it, right? We have a very Western culture. Um, But these guys were very open-minded and just very, very spiritual and very, very thoughtful. And really reassured me of all the things we're kind of doing, uh, you know, here at St. Paul's and kind of the open-mindedness of, of a lot of things we're doing and the, the spirituality. Yeah, There's hundreds of... I mean, you know, just the way the, the, the view of God, um, the way, you know, God gets back at us, the way God doesn't love, the way people fast, the way people attend church... Um, we, <laughs> You know, say the least, but you know, just the the way of like, of just going through religion for the sake of going through religion. Like, you know, you go to the mosque, you have to go five times a day, right? So you just go. Going is winning, right? And where your head is doesn't matter. Just go, right? And we kind of enter into that mode, like, you know, I I need to go to church, right? Well, no, it's not. It's not about going to church. It's about a relationship with God, right? And and the way they fast and the way we fast. Tina, I've got your book, so don't leave without it. Um, and so, you know, that, that, that kind of very strict abstinence, you know, the, the reading ingredients, the, you know, the not breaking it at certain times. Has is, is it been nine hours before communion? Oh, it's 12 05, I can't take communion. I mean, this kind of thing, it's all Islamic type of thinking and Jewish. Um, that's all sitting, us sitting around talking. Uh, that's at the end of the liturgy, or actually right before the liturgy started. That's uh, Abuna A.P. and Abuna Lazarus. He loves that icon of the Saint Mary, and when he prays the commemoration, as a matter of fact, uh, during that part of the commemoration where Saint Mary's is, um, he, uh, he takes out the icon and he puts it in front of him, and he, he, you know, he, he wants to look at Saint Mary when he says her name in the commemoration, because she did several miracles with him. Um, one of which was, you saw that girl that dropped her sunglasses? Um, he was actually walking down uh, uh, in, that, in that terrain at, at some point, and he slipped and lost his footing. And if you've been there, you know that you're just done. You know, at that point, you just kind of roll down to your death. Um, uh, he rolled down, and as he's rolling, he cries, you know, O oh, Mother of God, and she carries him. She, you know, she, she picked him up, and she brought him back to the ledge, right? So that's one of the... And if you go on YouTube and you look up Father Lazarus, you'll see... This and many other miracles that St. Mary did with him. So he has a very special relationship with the Theotokos. Uh, well, that's me in the liturgy. You can see the, the beauty of it. It's just, the whole thing was on candlelight and it was just uh, amazing. Oh, well, that's in the cave. So it's, uh, the cave is very, very small. <laughs> and that's behind the altar in the cave. And there's actually one rock, I don't have a picture of it. Um, there's one rock where St. Anthony used to lay his head, and this particular rock, if you put a flashlight to it, um, it's, uh, I don't know what the word is, translucent, it, 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 the whole rock lights up, and it's the only rock in that cave that does that. This is Abuna Ma'ar, he's doing explanations. This picture was taken one second before he said, no pictures. So... <laughs> Um, but he gave some really nice. This 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 monk. He's a very good friend of AP's. This guy is just amazing, and he reassures you. Like this guy was giggling the whole time. Like he he never said two sentences without cracking a joke, like a good joke, right? He's mocking you. He's making fun of everything. He's just one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet, and yet he's constantly talking about, um, you know, amazing miraculous things that are happening in the monastery all the time. So th- this guy's a very... you know, Just just take a good look at him. He's, he's a very deep spiritual person, and yet he, he teaches us... You know, one of the things he taught and was telling all of us was, you know, when someone's frowning at church, that's inconsistent with the spiritual life, right? Spiritual life is not being frowny, right? It's a, it's a life of joy. It's a life of gladness, right? Of course, there's repentance in it, but if you think, being solemn is the same as being angry and upset, you're wrong, right? You can be solemn at church without being upset and angry and frowning. And he's a and he's, you know, great example of this. He had us laughing and giggling the whole time. Um, he told us a story about uh, Abuna Justus. So Abuna Justus, this, this uh, fool for Christ that I'm telling you about, he, um, after he passed away, uh, after he passed away, he appeared to a group of monks that were sitting uh, together. They were, they'd gathered together, and, uh, and all of a sudden, Saint Mary, Saint Anthony, and Abuna appeared. And I'm gonna have to say this in Arabic because it's funnier in Arabic. But, um, and there's a, a priest there, I'm gonna show you here in a second. His name is Abuna Angelus, who is still alive, and he's also an anchorite who also has all kinds of um, experiences with the saints. He knew abuna when he was alive, so he's an old guy too. And he knew him, they were friends, okay? And so Abun Eustos passes away. Abunangilos is still alive. Abuna Yustus passes away, and he appears, you know, with St. Mary and St. Anthony. And uh, the story goes, and he told us the story, he was actually there. Um, he said that Abun le- for, you know, walked up to abuna you know, his friend. And he left St. Mary, and he left St. Anthony. And he went right up to his friend, right where he's appearing. he just kind of walked up to his face. And he said, I'll have to say in Arabic, and then I'll translate. He said, it is Hari ghali. You know, like, "Do you now, you now appear, you know, a precious one, right? So he's kind of laughing, like, you know, and, do you appear now. And he was so excited that his friend was appearing, you know, after he had passed away. Um, and it just goes to show you this relationship that these people have. Like, it, it didn't shock him. It didn't... You know, he wasn't like scared. He was just like, "Oh, this is great. Now you appear." You know, like Saint Mary and Saint Anthony and all the everyone else. This is this cool, right? (laughs) And there he is, typical smiley. Okay, and that's us. That's Winay P. Bishoy. There's me and Winay P. That's uh, this is again Bishoy's photography. He's amazing. Uh, I was just reading. That's all. But it's a great shot. Uh, That's the Tahona, Oops, that picture got messed up. So that's the Pokryllus windmill. Um, That's where Pokryllus lived. We'll we'll get back to it in a second. So um, that that windmill, since since I'm there, that windmill is where he lived as a monk for many, many years. As some of you know, you notice there's no windmill at the top. It's obviously dilapidated and there's nothing on top. There's actually no roof for a while, just a cylinder. It's very, very small inside. Um, And... Uh, during the reign of Pope Krillus, we, uh he built the cathedral. So that many of you met, went, gone to the cathedral at St. Mark's Cathedral, the big one. They just celebrated their 51-year anniversary or something like that. So it's, it's this amazing cathedral. And the day the cathedral was built, it was inaug- the inaugural day of the liturgy, heads of state from all over the world came. The Secretary of State of the United States came, and Emperor Hales Lasi and all of these dignitaries from all over the world came to Egypt to celebrate the opening of this huge cathedral. And if you've been to Egypt, you've seen the cathedral in, in Abbasay. it's gigantic. And his, his disciple, Abuna Rafael of Amina, who I'll show you a picture of in a little bit, um, turned to Amba Krillus, at the very end of the day as they were driving home, and he said to him, you know, Sayyidina, that was an amazing day, right? That was such a great day. You know, it was Yom Azim, I mean, it was a great day. And Pope Krillus turned to him and said, that day, this day that we inaugurated the cathedral, pales in comparison with one day at the windmill, right? So as great as this day was, he said, it pales in comparison compared to one day or one night in this windmill, right? And I'll show you pictures of what this windmill looks like. It's nothing. It's a bunch of bricks, and it's tiny, and looks terrible. Uh, that's uh, just a black and white of a Lazarus. That's when you're still carrying the relics, that's the old icon. Okay, all right, so let me just switch folders. Really quick. Okay, so this is a, how did you make it the whole screen again, Peter? So, this is a refugee camp in, in uh, Um and that, that's kind of... I didn't get a really good picture of it, but this is... Um, so this group of people are from Minya, okay? And what the story behind this group is, they were at church, and a bunch of, bunch of guys with machine guns showed up, said, everyone get out of the church. They took Molotov cocktails to the church, and they took Molotov cocktails to their homes, And they said, okay, you don't have a home and you don't have a church. You have no reason to be in this village. You can leave. And they basically forced this entire village to leave Minya. So the church bought this apartment complex, and I'll see if I can find you a picture of this apartment complex. I can't. I'll find it at some point. There's this apartment complex that this company had built that nobody wanted. In fact, they... um, the employees refused to live in the apartment complex that this company had bought, so the church bought it and housed all these people from Minya there. So this is basically a refugee camp um, where all these people are, and they had no food and, and you know, very little work, very little clothing. Just basically, they left with the clothing on their back. Um, lots of sickness, lots of issues, as you can imagine. And this group that my cousin you know, serves at, they go there once a month. Um, each servant is assigned 10 families. And he follows up. He's been doing this for three years every single month. He knows everyone's name. He knows everyone's um, situation, financial, health, what have you. And so they were coming there this day to, uh, to distribute clothing. So we brought dozens of huge bags of clothes up to the top of the church, and we just laid them out. And so there was a bunch of used clothing, and then there was a bunch of new clothing. So they had actually gone and using each kid's name. So each kid is on a, on, a, on a list, right? And they've got their sizes, and they basically picked out the clothes for the Eid, for the, for the, for the Feast of Christmas, and they all bought them new clothes by size. And so we had stacks of pants, uh, and so you can see the pants, each one of those stacks is a size. And what was really nice is they took each kid, and they said, what's your name? And they knew their size, and they took the size, and they would put it up to the back of the Child. So that's kind of a, uh, what it looked like all over. You can see just tons and tons of clothes. This is the women kind of picking through old stuff. Um, this is old shoes. That's what it looks like after they you know put all the stuff out. And you can see this servant here. He's putting the shirt up to the back of the boy. And this is the part that I wanted to talk to you about. You know, I was there, and as and after about number. Kid number 95, I was done, okay? I've been standing all day, carrying bags all day. And these kids are walking up, and you know, here's their size. And the kid goes, no, I don't want the blue one. I want the black one, right? And I'd be like, "Kid, you're going to get what you get, and you're not going to, you know, right? And I was... And these servants would be like, okay, sure, let's go find... And they'd go digging through the whole pile to find a size 28 in the black, because the kid wanted the black and not the blue. And then they would have them, you know, pick up the shirt, they put them up to them, and then they said, now go try it on upstairs. The servant would take them upstairs. Try it on so that it fits perfectly. And again, I'd be like, okay, it's a little wide, it's a little long, it's not a problem, deal with it, right? They wanted it to fit perfectly for the Eid. And so what I was really impressed here was just the way they dealt with these kids, right? The way they treated them. They treated them like little kings, right? And the kid would come back, some kid came back five times. No, I want this size. I want this color. I want, and they would accommodate them over and over again, right? Because they realize these kids are just living in, in, in terrible conditions, right? And you can't spoil a child in that situation. And it was very, it was, it was, it was, and you can just see the smiles. These kids are beautiful uh, in so many different ways. And so this little girl was playing with me. There she is. It's cute. They're all like, their smiles just light up the thing. You can just see kind of, this one's got a, you know, everyone's got something and then she's got her thing. And that's kind of what it looks like. This one had a purse. <laughs> and this is, keep clam and call Batman. <laughs> this is the stuff that China made. <laughs> this kid had no idea why I was taking his picture. He's like, oh, you like my shirt? I'm like, I love your shirt. Um, this guy's got a, a 2010 census hat on from the United States. And again, I took his picture, and he's like, why are you taking my picture? i not still worry about it. I just thought it was fun. Oh, this is... Um, I didn't want this picture. This is, uh, this is their city de Miena, the, mon- the convent of St. de Miena. They put in... Uh, oh, and this is St. Therese. These are the boys. This is another orphanage that I won't talk too, too much about. All right. Um, So, this is the windmill, um, and you can see how small it is. Uh, The windmill liturgy was pretty amazing. It was supposed to be at five o'clock in the morning, so we got there, we woke up at four o'clock in the morning after having been out till one o'clock in the morning the day before. Uh, We got there, woke up at four, got there at five, and there was no priest. And I was like, oh, great. So apparently there was just no... No one had been assigned. And so... You know, we all kind of said a prayer, like, um, hopefully someone shows up, and luckily this priest and his family and a few deacons just showed up, uh, and I said, Abuna, thank God you came because, you know, we were going to be stuck without anybody. He's like, yeah, I don't know why I came. I just had this feeling that I needed to come, and I just, you know, we all decided to come, and we all just showed up, and I was like, perfect, right? Um, This is, again, Beshoi's photography. Uh, That's St. Mina's uh, Monastery. and again, you know, when Beshoy takes a picture, you know, you're like, was I there? Did I get to see this too? And he's like, yeah, you were right next to me when I took this picture, but it looks better when he takes a picture. This is Abuna Rafael. So this is the last living kind of disciple of Pope Carilus. Uh He was actually one of the people, in the, one of the three, I think, for Pope this year, uh, this last pope instead of Ember Tawedrus, He was in the final running for um, the, the, the Patriarchate, uh, but as you all know, Ember Tawedrus was picked. Uh, that's just a, a great shot. That's, that, you can see how small the windmill is. This is like a, a fisheye lens. It's just tiny. Oh, that's peanut butter. Peanut butter is good. All right, uh, this is me reading. Of course, they asked me to read and I don't, can't read Arabic, so I had my take out Coptic reader and then someone took a picture of me cheating. Uh, that's us. Actually, uh, in this conversation, I actually asked the winner, Rafael, what he thought of the 25th of December uh, thing. Um, and the first words out of his mouth is, Like, why not? Why not unify the, you know, why not celebrate both days? It's a great idea. Um, and so it's a very nice conversation about uh, sort of this uh, 25th. That's us eating fool. Uh, that's uh, again in the windmill, the, it was a really nice liturgy, that's with the winner Raphael, there's the windmill. That's what it looks like upstairs in the windmill. That's uh, just me with some guy, that's him talking to me. Oh, This is where St. Mina was discovered, his body was discovered. So the, the body of St. Mina, as some of you may know, there was some, there was some water that um, was kind of like this dirt, muddy water that was there. Uh, And the sheep apparently had rolled, sheep with a skin disease, had rolled into the water, and then the skin disease got healed, got cured. And so the guy's like, oh, this is really great. And then another sheep went into this thing, and it also got cured or healed. And so people, the farmers or whatever, like, oh, this thing heals sheep, right? And they didn't know what the water was doing, but okay. So then they started taking some of this water, and they had these little uh, containers that you can actually buy at St. Mina's Monastery as a kind of a... And they would put water in it, and then it would start healing people. And so everyone just kind of knew this spot healed people, and no one knew why. And then uh, St. Mina actually appeared to somebody in a dream and said, the reason all this is happening is my relics are directly beneath, and that's why it's not the water, it's me. Um, and so they, um, so they started excavating, and they found his relics underneath, and there's you know the whole story of St. Mina's life, but that's the spot. You know when uh, dads do slideshows and they're really boring? This is kind of what this feels like. Then we went here. And then we went here. So I'll just show you. This is Abuna Angelos. This is the one I referred to earlier. Um, he's uh, He's an anchorite as well and lots hundreds of stories about him, miracles and being places. His eyes are really quite amazing. Um, I don't know if you can see it in this picture, but it's like they're kind of this blue-gray, and he doesn't really have any pupils, as I can tell. He just looks at you, and when he looks at you, it's like needles go through your heart. It's kind of just the stun of, of intensity, and you can see it a little bit in that picture, um, but he just has this, this look about him. Um, He didn't say much to us, uh, but he prayed for us at the very end. And that's uh, a few of the guys that I went with. Okay. Now this... Where's Sam? Sam Wesfee here? No, he's gone. Good. Okay, so this monk never wants us to take his picture. <laughs> um, and we did. So uh, this is a Mina. He's actually a hermit. So we had to drive out to his cave um, and, and meet him at his cave. This cave, he dug out himself. So this guy's been a monk longer than I've been alive. And he dug this cave out himself with a shovel many, many years ago. Um, he doesn't like to be photographed, so we had to do it without telling him, um, and he doesn't like to be recorded, so we had to do that without telling him as well. <laughs> you know, I know this is wrong, but I have my own opinions as this. He wants to be humble. That's his choice, but I don't have to abide by that. Okay? So we, we, we sat with him for like two or three hours, and honestly, um, it was... Oh, Sam's here. Sam knows. He knows the... This is a buena Mina. We took lots of pictures. There's more. This is his cell. If you look carefully, that's his bed. It's like a mattress that's this thick. Um, I mean, this is like a fourth-century cell. This is like where monks were monks, you know, back in the day. Um, and in fact, Abuna ma'ar, the uh, the other priest I told you about, who I said was always smiley and giggly and stuff like that, when he went and visited Abuna uh, Mina, one of the things he said was, "I thought I was a monk until I met this guy." And now I know I'm not even a monk. Um, oh, that's, um, So anyway, so we sat with him for several hours, and I know Sam sat with him too. He can talk for hours, and you just don't want him to stop talking. And if you write down what he said, it's stuff you heard in third grade Sunday school. You should pray. You should read the Bible. You should love Jesus. It's all the stuff that we all know. But when he says it, it's just alive, right? I can't even, I can't even describe it, what, what, the way he talks and the life he has. And, you know, he, go, he shows you that the life with God never gets old, right? So here's a guy who's been a monk longer than I've been alive, and you'd think he'd be like over it by now, you know? He's kind of saying the same thing, and, and it's like he's talking about someone he met yesterday or last week. He's excited you know, and he's living this life that's just um, amazing to describe. And that's where he, he sleeps. This is the, uh, the tomb of uh, Abun Amet al Father Matthew the Poor. It's extremely simple, um, and that's just us in kind of a moment there. And that's us sneaking a picture of him while he's sitting. When he smiles, his eyes twinkle, like they just... They, 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 they twinkle is the only word I can use to describe uh, what it is. That's him when he smiles that I did not take that picture. Well, that's what he looks like when he comes out of his cave. You got to take a picture when he's looking down otherwise he tells you to put your phone away. <laughs> okay, these are all just random pictures. So that's Tomav Irini. That's St. Mark's Cathedral. So you all know that St. Mark's head was brought back by Pope Carillos, Um and they built the cathedral around, so th- his head is actually underneath, is on the second floor, is the floor beneath the altar. So uh, you know, if, if you imagine the altar here, directly beneath it on another level is where his head is, where his relics are. Oh, this is, uh, I, so at St. Mina's uh, Monastery, there's a, a, a group there, and they all thought I was a celebrity, so they all stood and took pictures with me. Like 30 people stood there and took individual pictures with me, which of course Bishoy and Shinda thought were hilarious. So they took pictures of everyone taking a picture with me. Um, and anyway, okay. That's us eating food. That's us buying a bunch of junk. Yeah, peanut butter Kit Kats, you can only get them in Egypt. Fantastic. Uh, that's This is the uh, Port Said icon that leaks oil, the, the icon of St. Mary in Port Said. It constantly leaks oil. And actually, I got a text from uh, Bishoy today. So, has anyone... Uh, a few of us went and visited the icon that leaks oil the, the, from the Eastern Orthodox Church, the one from Hawaii that visits. Um, so, interesting fun fact, the smell of this oil is identical to the smell of that oil. Right? So, St. Mary's, when her icon leaks oil, it has a particular floral scent, right? And so, that, the scent of that oil, which I have a few vials that I'm not going to give any of you, um, <laughs> just, uh, did, did I lie, um, uh, has the exact same scent as the oil uh, from that icon from Hawaii that's also doing the, the rounds. This is, uh, this is in St. Peshoi's monastery. That's an icon of St. Peshoi. Zach Venus drew those icons. He's the same person that did the icons around the church. But he did them to make them look old. So just a little fun fact. All the icons in St. Beshoi's look very ancient, but they're not. They're written to look old, but they're not. Uh, that's an orphanage. That's a deacon hat. <laughs> so apparently all the deacons in Egypt wear those hats. But thank God our bishop doesn't like those hats, and neither do I. But I thought I'd put it on for the picture. Um, this was a uh, discussion with the monks at St. Mina, and we, and we started discussing Christmas. So every single time um, I went anywhere, I'd say, oh, I'm from LA. They're like, oh, I'm the 25th of December, huh? And that was it. And we we're off to the races for the next 45 minutes. Uh, in order, the first monk was very open-minded, the one on the end was very closed-minded, and the one in the middle was in the middle. So it was perfect. And they were just rapid fire attacking me from multiple directions and I just I, you know my head all I could do is just spin my head to make eye contact and just take the blows it was lovely uh, this is tamov of Iranian and, and uh, her relics this is Jolly Rancher soda it's it's so it's fantastic I highly recommend it these chemicals are not allowed in the United States the only place you can get this is Egypt none of this is FDA approved this will kill you instantly don't give this to your children um, this is where we had breakfast. That's a fool uh, cart in the street. Yes, there's garbage right behind him and a dead cat. And we ate breakfast there. It was very good. This is St. George Convent in Old Cairo. Uh, here we got to sit with... What, what's her name? Almena Parthenaya. Monica will talk more about that later. She was actually at the convent here in, uh, in Atlanta. That's us sitting with her. Uh, this is uh, Shenouda Tattoo. This is where I got my... Tattoo. My hand cross tattoo. There's Gregory getting a tattoo. There's Justin getting a tattoo. There's me and Justin and Gregory with our tattoos. There's Mary getting a tattoo. Uh, that's an orphanage. We'll talk about that later. Lo's carrying a baby. Us walking with babies, bubbly. There's me getting my tattoo. This is a funny story, but not worth telling in the adult meeting. This is a fun story. So th- see that box right there? Three years ago. I wanted to buy that box from this guy, okay, when I lived in Egypt, and I asked him how much that box is, and he says, 800 guinea, okay? Now just to give you sense, if you buy, you know those, can you see around him, you see that, that stuff behind him, you know those dishes, you know the sadaf stuff, those boxes that they sell? If you want to get the same size box in just regular sadaf, it's 200 guinea, all right? And he wanted 800 guinea for that box. So I said, I'm not paying it. So I start bargaining with him. I tell him 500 guinea. He says, no. I get all the way to 750, and he will not budge 800 guinea, OK? This was three years ago. So I left, thinking he's going to run after me. He didn't. A month later, some other friends came and visited us in Egypt. So I went back to the guy. And I'm like, all right, going to sell me that box? He's like, nope, 800 guinea. And I'm like, you're never going to sell that box. No one's going to buy this box from you. He's like, no, I'm going to sell it for 800 guinea. You know, take it or leave it. So I left again. And then as I was driving up to Chenech Lili this trip, I told everyone there's this box at this one guy's shop. And if I see it, I've been wanting it ever since. Okay, three years. So I walk into the store and I look at him and I say, do you remember me? That's all I said. He looks at me and he goes, yeah. And he walks over and he picks up the box and he goes, it's waiting for you. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, you still haven't sold that stinking box. And I, he goes, 1,800. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, price has gone up. And I'm like, it's 800. And he was shocked that I still remembered the price. And he's like, 900. <laughs> I'm like, fine. I gave him 900. <laughs> and I took my box, so I've got it at home. Anyway, funny story. Okay. Uh, this is uh, Tassoni Hammett. Uh, uh, we'll talk about that one later. That's an orphanage in Old Cairo. Anybody have any questions, comments? All right, nothing? Okay, glory be to God for every minute. Let's uh, stand and pray. Make sure they say with all thanksgiving, our Father who art in heaven.